Patriotic thing. Buy you a drink, invite you back to my place. I don't know how we ever broke up. You're just so charming. I got a business plan for a fleet of food trucks. What you know about running a business? Lots. I actually read books. You read like magazines like Guns and Ammo. Callahan. Go on. Tell me. Slam Ben Daly's head into your. In Flynn's I'll city. find him. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pekovich, and this is episode number 250. Releasing October 4 in select theaters across the US, as well as on demand and digital, is Semper Fi, a stirring drama that stars Jai Courtney and Nick Wolf as brothers who find their bond and their loyalty tested when one is sent to jail and the other swears to break him out. A film about sacrifice and brotherhood, Simplify is a beautifully written and portrayed film, and I'm glad to say joining me now is the film's writer and producer, Sean Mullen. Sean, I thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, first thing I wanted to say to you, Sean, was thank you for your service. Um, I, I don't know if people know your background, but you've had such a remarkable life. Um, captain in New, in New York General Guard, you were first responder during September 11. During that time as well, you were also doing stand-up comedy, and that led to a transition to filmmaking. And not to get too far into the weeds, but how did that last transition into filmmaking happen for you? Yeah, I mean, it was... um, I think maybe some people are shocked when they find out I was in the military and down at Ground Zero, and then yet doing stand-up comedy and, and, and writing really bad screenplays at night, um, trying to be a creative person uh, outside of my military uh, commitments. But, um, but yeah, for me, it came kind of naturally. I was always a storyteller you know, from childhood growing up, and I always really enjoyed it. I never thought about it as a career. I just thought about it more as a hobby or a, a passion. And you know, after everything that happened with the attacks of uh, September 11th, I was downtown. I was a first responder. I was the officer in charge of the National Guard soldiers down there, you know, on and off. You know, for about nine months, and um, I I decided, you know, no no better time than the present after seeing everything that happened down there than to pursue your dreams, and 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 uh, so I, I made the leap, and I I applied to graduate school at Columbia University, uh, right there in Manhattan, and I was accepted to the MFA program, and that really changed my life. I mean, be, you know, getting my MFA in film directing at Columbia was just one of the greatest experiences of my life. You know, next to playing rugby at West Point, I'd say it was the number one. Yeah. You played rugby as well. Are we talking rugby union or rugby league? Union. I was yeah. I was actually I was a yeah a fullback at West Point for four years there, and so I'm a big rugby guy. World Cup's going on now. Actually, trying to trying to catch some. Very true. <laughs> very true. Um, so yourself as as a filmmaker and a creator, you did a, a bunch of short films. Your debut um, film as a director was Sam and the Mirror. Came out a few years ago, and. The interesting thing about that film that compared to what Semper Fi had is that at that time you didn't want to create a movie about a soldier and the way I heard you described a soldier with problems. Um, and the character of Callahan, who Jai Courtney has in, in Semper Fi, is different to that. Did you Were you ready to go into that um, part of a soldier's life with this project as compared to the first one? 
Yeah, the tr- yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah, with the mirror, yeah, mirror and Sam. Yeah, it was it was the, the the hook of that movie was essentially the soldier comes back from war, he's fine, but the country's lost its mind. Whereas, yeah, this film, you know, uh, when when Jack Courtney's character comes back, you know, he's experienced um, a real kind of monumental shift, maybe in his worldview uh, after coming back from war. He was a a very kind of black and white guy, saw the world one way before he goes off to war as a small-town cop, and, and, and after what he sees over there, he, he realizes actually the world might be a little more gray than black and white. And so it's his own reconciliation with that uh, new set of circumstances in his life that, that really force him to face some truths that, that, that he needs to uh, address. And is that any autobiographical in any way in regards to how you yourself might have transitioned in your own worldview, considering your own life experiences? Um, no, it's interesting you say that. I hadn't really thought of it, but no, no, I, I can't. I can't say it because I never served over. I mean, I, I was overseas in Germany, but that was peacetime. That was ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. It was late nineties, so I was, um, I, w- I was peacetime. Uh, when I was over in Germany, so but I was never in Iraq or Afghanistan. I never saw combat overseas, so uh, I, I I wouldn't be able to put myself in that category. But you know, a lot of my friends from West Point did serve overseas, and I got to, you know got to hear about their experiences, and um, you know I did my best to you know distill those into a character that comes across as believable uh, in, in in Jai's character. This film is directed by Henry Alex Rubin. A lot of people know him from his work on Murderball and a bunch of other great films as well. Um, when it came to this project, is this a story that you developed yourself and then Henry came on board, or was it the other way around? It was actually the other way around. So uh, so Henry would, was nominated. This is project's been around for a while. It's been a, definitely a passion project for, for both of us. But Henry was nominated for an Oscar for Murderball, which is an incredible documentary. It's worth your time if people out there haven't seen it. But yep. uh, um, he, after that experience, after that experience of Murderball, he, while filming Murderball, he spent some time at Walter Reed Army Medical Hospital in Washington, D.C., where a lot of uh, wounded veterans were at. And he... He spent months there talking to these veterans, and it's, it's like the little end of the film of Murderball, but he fell in love with these veterans, really, and he he came up with the initial con- concept of a bunch of Marine Reservists kind of going off to war and coming home and, 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 and dealing with the, you know, the younger brother of the lead character in jail. So it was his initial conceit, but, I, but he wanted to, being a documentarian, he didn't feel he had the authority, maybe necessarily, um, at least from the military point of view, to write it, and he, he, wa- he also you know, felt comfortable. He wanted to team up with a co-writer. So he explicitly went out to find a co-writer who had served in the military. And, and we were fortunate enough to have been put together. Uh, he had done this undergraduate degree in film at Columbia university. So we got in touch through, um, Columbia. I was still in grad school at the time. This is the summer of 2005, by the way. So wow. 14 years in yeah. development. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I tell my 12 year old daughter all the time, this film was older than her. Um, hmm. but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's been a long time coming, but yeah, we, we connected in summer of 05 and we hit it off and we got to writing and, you know, it, it kind of came together as films tend to, to do, especially independent films about, you know, subject matter that's not based on, you know, cartoon characters or comic books, you know, things that are about real people, uh, take some time to get, get made. And so, um, you know, we just kind of kept at it and it kind of came together and, kind of fell apart at different times over the years. And then we finally, you know, a couple of years ago, we were able to get, get all the magic pieces together with a, just an incredible cast and great producing partners with David Lancaster and, and Karina Miller. And, uh, 
and, and, and get the money raised and, and get it shot and out into the world. And Lionsgate now, we're very fortunate that they're distributing it. So it's been, it's been a really a, a wonderful ending uh, to a, a very long labor of love. It's really interesting that time period because during that time you yourself are developing your skills as a filmmaker and a writer. If you ever look back in your first drafts on Semper Fi, do you see a totally different artist as compared to what you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I've grown. I've grown a tremendous amount. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I'm, there's definitely a, a point of pride that this was the first screenplay I was ever approached to write, and it and it actually ended up getting made and is getting released. So there's a point of pride there. But it, the, I mean, I have over a hundred drafts of this screenplay over 14 years in my hard drive. So, um, you know, I uh, not everyone is a page one rewrite, but there's tweaks and you know, to each one, and, and uh, the script, yeah, definitely did evolve. I mean, the, the characters remain the same, but, you know, the, the, the script itself did evolve, and I, I, I like to think it's, it's gotten a lot better over these years. I hope so, but, um, you know, I've grown into my own as a writer-director. I'm, I'm directing a documentary right now, actually writing and directing a feature-length documentary about a famous uh, American uh, baseball player named Yogi Berra. He was a New York Yankee, um, and uh, so I'm doing that now, and I'm, I've also been hired to write a, a a film that has not been announced about a famous army general, so I'm writing that, and then um, I'll be directing my next feature, a narrative feature, hopefully in the spring. So yeah, I've been my career has finally, you know, it's got it take, takes time. It takes you know it takes a while to, to get your career off the ground in, in this business, but um, but uh, it's been a really nice um, bookend. Uh, I guess you could call it this Semperfy experience. The Films cast, I mentioned before, Jai Courtney, uh, Nat Wolf, um, you've got Finn Wittrock, uh, Bo Knapp, uh, Arturo Castro. I think what really helps with this film that, that brings up across the themes is the camaraderie between these actors. Do you know, uh, Sean, whether your cast hung out beforehand, did stuff together as a, as a unit to try to really get that camaraderie before filming began? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not only am I a co-writer, but I'm, I'm a co-producer. I'm uh, on the film, so uh, I'm kind of like the number three, I guess, kind of producer, the, the creative producer, I guess you could call me, uh, on the film. So I, I, was, um, I was there for location scouting, I was there for prep, and I was there for most of the shoot as well, a uh, majority of it, maybe two-thirds of the shoot I was actually uh, on set. So, um, yeah, they, they, I mean, our, our cast is really just, uh, I mean, an incredible, incredible group of of, of uh, artists and they were so great together they just bonded instantly and they're still super close they all support each other and they've all you know they're all gone off to do great things since we filmed this just a year and a half ago so um it's it's been exciting to see and they they absolutely bonded um you know on set and off and i uh, dare i say i they are a young cast as well but i think so far they've delivered their best performances of their career so far and i think that's a testament to the screenplay that you put forward um final question here i what I think really comes across in this movie is that it is a love story of sorts. It's a movie about brotherhood. And I think it really places the importance of fraternity, a uh, fraternity based on good values um, that I think is, is really needed uh, these days, especially there are so many elements that can influence uh, young men in particular, lead them down different types of roads. And I think uh, a fraternity uh, like the one displayed in your movie is an essential thing these days. Do you agree um, with that uh, opinion as well, Sean? I, I, I do, absolutely. I think it's important. I think uh, the way men express love to one another in a platonic way 
uh, is something that, you know, agriculture, I think, uh, I don't know, you know, grapples with differently. And then some cultures are, are really good about it. Others, not so much, but I can tell you in the military, I mean, to this very day, I, you know, the fact that I've got over a dozen friends who would, you know, take a bullet for me. I mean, I, you know, I mean, listen, I've, I've, I've met wealthy men. I've met powerful men, but, you know, I don't, I haven't met anybody who's more fortunate than, than someone like me who's got, you know, a dozen, you know, brothers uh, who have their back no matter what. So um, that's definitely, that portion of it was absolutely inspired from my own true life. I'm still super close with you know, my rugby buddies from West Point and not just my, you know, my, my, my roommates, my, my, you know, my people I was served in. You know, when you serve in the military, there's a bond uh, that forms that, uh, I mean, it's a chemical bond. It's, it's a real thing when, when, you know, when they've done studies, when, you know, humans are put under duress with other people. Uh, there's an instant bond that, that, that's formed, you know, for life. I think I, one of my favorite studies was a study they did about people trapped in elevators. If you get trapped in an elevator with somebody for, let's say, 24 hours, and, you know, the, 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 that fear um, uh, that, you know, the, I don't know, there's a, there's a bond that forms when, when people are put under duress together. And so that's why in the military that's extremely heightened, and, and that's really something we were trying to under, un, uncover with a film like this. So for everyone listening out there, October 4 in select cinemas across the US as well on demand in digital Semperfy. It's a remarkable film. And uh, Sean, you yourself are a remarkable man. Once again, thank you very much for your service. And um, look, I really look forward to seeing what you're doing with your future work. I know you have another documentary called The Kings of Beer as well uh, that's out now, which I really look forward to trying to track down and watching as well. So hopefully we can talk in the future maybe about that film or other future projects. Yeah, reach on out. Yeah, it's on. It's available now on on Amazon and iTunes. It's called Kings of Beer, and it's it's fascinating. It's a really great kind of character study about uh, about some of the world's most elite brewmasters and 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 how they're not the people you probably assume they were. So yeah, and uh, I'll be doing a Ground Zero movie one of these days too about my experiences down there once I'm able to kind of sort of get that script out of me. Sean Mullins, I thank you very much for joining me. I know you got a busy day, uh, so thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Take care.